Okay. I'm live. Yes, darling. Yes. Did we ever do the thing where I was like, I want to kill my... We did, right? I don't think so. I want to kill my mom. I want to kill my dad. I want to kill my grandma. Wait, have we done that before? I feel like we have. I'm having deja vu now. Me too. What's up, Brett? How's it? How's it? How's your daughter? I'm wait. Sorry. (laughs) What's been up? What's been up, Brett? My girlfriend's pregnant too. I'm about to be a father. If I have a daughter, guess what? I'm a caller. I'm a name her Bonnie. I heard about your cousin Ronnie too. I'm sorry. I had a friend kill himself over some bitch who didn't want him. I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even got that underground shit that you did with Scam. I got a room full of your posters and your pictures, man. Even the shit you did with Ruckus too. That shit was fat. <laughs> what was that? It's. The tea's gone cold, I'm wondering why Got out of bed at all It's Stan Yeah, wow By Eminem Wow Who, believe it or not, was like the number one best-selling musician Yesterday? <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, for 2022 Whoa, what? <laughs> no, that's a lie That's a uh, lie For like 2004 I saw some infographic on TikTok and I was like, wow, Eminem yeah, he was he was pretty popular. Good for Marshall. Good for Marshall. Anyway, what's been up, man? It's been a busy week. How are you? I know. I haven't seen you in what feels like an eternity. Ages. Well, I mean, because we recorded our last episode as a block, so we've kind of had a little bit of time off from each other. It's been weird. I know. It's good because so much, I mean, so much happens in a week, at least for me. It's true. My life is extremely is always uh evolving Mm -hmm. and one thing i wanted to tell you is that i went to magic castle oh right have you heard i've been how was that oh you've been oh it's amazing when did you go it's been maybe four or five years at this point but amazing it's like all i stole a, a pencil or a pen or something on my way out i was so allegedly i was so like entranced by the whole thing it was so much fun i mean so hot take not a fan (laughs) I guess I'm just like, all right, here's a couple feelings. Like, no shade at all. I I want it to exist. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to not exist. I think it's important that people who love magic and love practicing stage magic magic, for what it's worth. Stage magic. Right. Parlor tricks. Yes. Have a place to do that. Mm -hmm. I believe everyone deserves a community and a home and a space where they can get better at their craft, whatever that may be. I didn't know this about myself until I went that I don't, I I find it kind of sad. Mm -hmm. I I find parlor tricks, you know, it's sleight of hand. It's not hard magic with a K. They're illusions. It's illusion. And like some of them really do, like I I definitely am impressed by, like like card tricks, I'm not very impressed by, but it's a lot of, I had to muster up a lot of uh, false enthusiasm because like you can see like these magicians, I mean, there's all these different magicians, right? You've got kind of like your basement magicians mm-hmm. who are like not really, they'll they'll be performing for like an audience of two. It's like a going to a comedy club, but it's magic. You've got the people who like just started. You've got your open mic night. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And I mean, there was this one guy, I, I don't even know, if, I mean, his name was El Ropo. And, like, you could probably hire him. I know you can hire him. I took his business card. Like, for birthday parties? Yeah. And, like, weddings, bar mitzvahs, what have you. But El Ropo, his entire medium is rope. 
kinky. It was funny. He was like, you know, when I was a kid, all these card shark magicians would beat me up. So, you know, he's like, I hate cards. And so he became like a rope master. Okay. But it's like, really? He's just like really good at like tying knots. Like he just ties them like really fast. Okay. And, and like to me, like that's not magic. Right. Yeah. That's just. That's, that's just like practice. That's the rope equivalent of like solving a Rubik's cube or something. There actually was also a Rubik's cube magician. No. Doing what? I didn't watch his whole show, but he, he was simultaneously bartending. He had some interesting cards that had Rubik's cubes on them. He'd have, he did have some cool things. Like he would put a Rubik's cube in a bag and then pull out a beer. And then like, it was, it was mm, okay. The, I don't, I can't say I know how they did a lot of the things. Right. I really like them. I think I like a mentalist. Yeah. More than where they're getting a, a read on you in real time. Like where it's, almost like are you psychic but they're not psychic but, but like are they i don't psychic? know how you're doing yeah, this that. like how you made it so that like the person with their eyes closed felt a feather on their nose yeah. when you you know touched the person 10 feet away that shit really interests me but and then there was this other guy what's his name like rick something and mm -hmm. he was like one of the like main stage magicians uh -huh. who had like an audience of like a hundred and he used to perform in vegas he was very good i mean no <laughs> he was very funny like he i was just like i just loved his stage presence his magic was like nothing i hadn't seen before you know it's like cutting a woman in half sure, like yeah. it's the same thing i know it's like i don't know how it's done and the only way to know how it's done is to like become a magician's and, apprentice and or assistant. It, yeah. and i i admire the secrecy around <laughs> you know magic but i just felt really like exhausted by the end and like sad and i just felt like you know especially the 11 o'clock shows where people are like way too drunk at this point right. and like i feel like being a little disrespectful to the magicians who are doing the same bit for the like five I don't nights know, a week fifth night that evening yeah. and I, mean, I guess i feel that way about anyone who performs i don't it's like you really have to continue to like reset and like do the same thing over and over and i know every show is a little bit different but i just i don't know and then there was a level of like old hollywood to it that's what that... i liked about it it felt like maybe something that could also simultaneously coexist inside disneyland or something totally that's what i took as like something I could appreciate about it. Obviously, it's not the kind of magic that gave us, say, JPL, you know, that like led to the creation of NASA. Like those people were like hard K magic practicing followers right. of Aleister Crowley, like magic magic. So it's not that, Mr. but it Crowley. was fun. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> not listen. For you. Did it, got the t shirt, don't have to go back. <laughs> I don't want to say it wasn't fun. I guess my expectations were just really high. And then mm -hmm. I was like, oh, right. Like, this is just politics. And yeah. And anything that's old Hollywood, it's just kind of sad because it's like the glory days are really over. Yeah. Well, and have been. And have been over for so long. Mm -hmm. And like, no one wants to accept that. But it's abundantly clear. So like, I feel like we're just living in this like state of denial sometimes about. But isn't that exactly what? Hollywood is at its core a city of You're people right. who day in day out live in a state of denial it's why we're all here you're not wrong isn't you're it? you're not wrong you're not wrong and i did get dressed up and i i looked, you looked fancy amazing. and I, I had the girls out so that happened that happened <laughs> and that also yeah i don't even i mean, I don't even, there's so much more i could say but whatever I, it, I, oh, it, ah. <laughs>
Ting ting, walla walla bing bang. It sawed you in half <laughs> and not in a good way. Yeah. I popped my cherry at the Magic Castle. Yeah. It's like I've only, my Magic Castle cherry. I've only been once, and it's one of those things I don't feel the need to try to like become a member. You know, like I've been yeah. once, it was a fun experience. I'm not trying to go back, but it was right. it was fun being in like no one, a castle of a mansion in the middle yeah, of Yeah, it's a very haunted mansion. Spooky, it feels spooky. haunted. Yeah. It's sad. Like some things happened there. Like people, like this one guy 100%. killed himself yeah. in the nineties. Like right before the show, he hung himself. There's still energy and there, then, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's cool to me. Like I'm into the actual like level of like spiritualism that's going on, you know, between the carpets. And then I also talked to this man in line who was waiting for a show, and he was a magician who used to open for the band in the seventies. Um, not the Cocteau Twins, but it sounds like it starts with a C. Uh, what do they sing? And he was like making fun of me because I didn't know who they were, but I was pretending I did. Anyways, he was funny. He was like 70 years old. He did a little magic for me in line, but he's definitely a member. You know, he's like, yeah, a, yeah. some people just gravitate to magic when they're kids. And like magic is not something you come to later in life. Unless it's hard K. Unless it's hard K. Right. But if it's soft, if it's a C mat, like you either are obsessed with that from the age of five Mm -hmm. or you never become obsessed with that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. So he did. He showed me a little card trick that I was like, whoa, how'd you do that? But that's really it. That's the extent of the reaction that I can genuinely muster is like, Mm. whoa, how'd you do that? But because I'm like so codependent, I don't want anyone to feel bad about themselves. I was like, wow. Oh, my God. God, cheerleader over here how'd he do that yeah yeah it's like fake orgasming all right <laughs> no oh, i feel bad is this mean is it mean no i mean everybody I everybody has their thing and if it's not your thing that doesn't mean it's bad it's just not your thing yeah like being a disney adult it's not my thing, but plenty of people are. It's true. It's true. But also what I wanted to tell you, and I don't know whether this will stay on the record either, is that I think I'm gonna start... I started reading The Ethical Slut. Everybody... Okay, you're about to take a journey. I feel like everybody in Hollywood has read this book. I mean, everyone should read it. Just like... I don't know. Just touch base with like... What are you, the New York Times bestsellers list? <laughs> They've sold over 2 million copies. That's what I'm saying. Or 200 million. I don't know. I'm like, I was just like, you know what? I matched with this guy who's non-monogamous on Hinge. Uh Uh-huh. And he asked me on a date. And I was like, you know what? I think that's exactly what I need. I think I need to go on a date with someone without any sort of consideration for whether like we're going to end up in an exclusive relationship together and Mm. just go on this date and like enjoy myself. The 70s are back, baby. You know, and I enjoyed myself. And he was non-monogamous. He has, like, a partner, but they don't live together. They've been non-monogamous since the beginning. But I had, like, a really good time. Hey, whatever works, works. I know. And now I'm starting to think, like, maybe that is my truth. But before I, like, dive headfirst into, like, slutting it up, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read some literature. And I'm going to, I really, I want to hear from, you know, experts. Or at least best-selling authors. Exactly. Yeah. And I know 
know. I'll let you know if I come across any interesting, you know, discoveries. We'll take it to Patreon if you do. It's been a crazy yes. week. It snowed in Hollywood this week. I know, literally. What the fuck? Is the world ending? Like, it feels like it simultaneously, yes, but also, like, no. It feels like the version of the 2023 simulation is just getting stranger and stranger to see when we'll break. Not that it's breaking. This is, like, I don't want to fear monger at all. No, but, like, please, fear monger. <laughs> Someone was like, uh, have you seen the video about how um, like this massive earthquake is going to come in March? Like a 6.9 magnitude earthquake to the Pacific Northwest. And like, if only we could forecast earthquakes, though. That's what I said. I was like, I'm sorry. Wait, how? I, yeah. It's just like when people like myself are like ingesting too many TikToks. Yeah. Or like, yeah. And the, the, the expertise of, other fear mongers uh-huh. who are yeah like just in it for the hits and, yeah. and i was like wait don't can't we not predict earthquakes but this guy was like apparently basing it on like all of these patterns that led up to the last massive earthquake mm-hmm. on the west coast and like just seeing these parallels and da, 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 da. but you can you can draw parallels between anything sure i i think uh, a whole bunch of geologists would probably like a word yeah like i said i don't believe i don't believe I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe in fear mongering. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's really fun. <laughs> but get this. Like the UFOs are coming. That was really fun. Also because I think it was new. The last time I think our, I experienced something that was new that I didn't have like a frame of reference for, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. You know? So like that obviously wasn't like a fun thing, but like UFOs happening, here for that. Yeah, absolutely. Be a merciful end, as we always say. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe this is a good segue into... Ooh. Is it time for Big If True Touchdown? Your hands were just up like you scored a goal. I know. Safe. Okay, I mean, I was just talking about UFOs, but do you have a UFO-related Big If True for me? No, actually. Oh, you were just saying, let's stop talking and let's get down to business. Well, my my Big If True this week is... (laughs) Absolutely from the least reputable website that I could find. But I love that because that's that kind of is how this whole segment started, no? Right? Like keep it insane. Like like yes, I don't want to always come to you guys with things that, you know. This is like the dumpster diving bulletproof depths of the bottom of the barrel of the internet. Literally, it's from archaeology.make-known.com. Okay, already I'm here for this. So wait, should I do mine first? Yeah, but I mean, please, you have to. With a URL like archaeology.make-known.com, you have to. Okay, so it's like literally who the fuck is this guy? It Also, there's like, it's not the only website that this article appears in. You can also see the same article in uh, on websites such as newsintact.com. News intact as opposed to like news circumcised (laughs) dot com. I mean, the truth is we have no idea what news is real. And I mean, and what really has pushed me over the edge is, again, the southern Norfolk train disaster that no one is covering npr is covering it shout out to npr and and yes some people are covering it but just knowing that like the truth is so moderated by late stage capitalism Mm -hmm. it's like you know what is it true you tell me so 
Today's headline is called Scientist Invents Device to See Multidimensional Beings. Oh, boy. So there's someone that they're calling a scientist named Daniel Neems. And when I click the link to Daniel Neems, the hyperlink on this article, it goes to Facebook. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it says this content is not available right now. Oh, okay. So... So listen, I don't know what a reputable source looks like. The CIA got to him is what you're telling me. Yeah. He's been scrubbed. Yeah. Daniel Neems is a scientist and an inventor. Okay. And he has claimed to be in possession of a technology that allows him to capture or record multidimensional beings. God, don't let the church find out about this. And when you see these images, I mean, they are cursed. They could have been generated by absolutely anything interesting but basically and this article i mean it is so lacking in detail Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's like conjecture the musical literally goes daniel started to be interested in multi-dimensional matters after reading an article dealing with the dark matter the dark matter The Dark Matter, capital D, capital M. Okay. Later on, his obsession took him to create a device that, by means of mathematical operations, can capture multidimensional entities. Like, literally, this is the worst written article I've ever read, actually. Terrible. But big, but very big if true. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, so So, you have the photos. We'll post them on our Twitter page so you can see just how cursed these images are. Because I want to see them also. And maybe our TikTok. (laughs) Daniel Neems was aware of the existence of technologies such as black light, infrared, ultraviolet, and more such things. But Daniel Hang wanted on. this. More. Sounds like <laughs> Miss Teen USA, South Carolina, such as the Iraq, and such as. <laughs> no, literally, ask me about this as if I'm Miss Carolina. What technologies got you interested in trying to find extraspatial beings? Yes. Black light, infrared, ultraviolet, and more such things that big companies such as, like, NASA would do anything. <laughs> wow. But, like, yeah, literally, good. next line. Thank you. (laughs) As you can imagine, big companies, big companies such as NASA would do anything to get their hands on this technology. I honestly think this might be our most important article shared in Big If True yet, because at the very least, I feel like we are sharing what some article, you know, just what look out for how to how to discern a reputable source yeah well uh, first of all nasa is not a business they're an agency literally not a company funded by taxpayers right it's a government agency yeah nevertheless even though daniel tried to make all the scientific we get a nevertheless and an even though yeah yeah okay i wonder if this was translated by like like an ai google web services or something yeah Yeah. literally from like 1980 nevertheless even though daniel tried to make all the scientific community aware of its creation he has no intention to expose it publicly oh right how convenient At the same time, according to Daniel, media has silenced his work on numerous occasions, as well as the images and evidence that he managed to take 
with that technology. You know what? Hey, we have a reputation here of speaking with blacklisted scientists. We should try to find him if he's real and have him on the Patreon. That would be amazing. I bet it would we be should. I bet it would be a wholly different experience than our little sit-down chat with blacklisted astrophysicist Bruce Rao. Yeah, like but I'm still I, interested. I'm interested in interviewing hacks, quacks, <laughs> and cuckoo jacks cuckoo jacks in addition to scientists but you know what if all we can get are hacks and quacks i'll take it that's a really good segment look at fox news not that i'm saying they are doing a good thing but that's hey. basically what they do and they make a lot of noise we're just trying to make Rimshaw. a lot of noise doom, doom. no you're so right hacks and quacks aka fox news so that's my big if true wow. like if this science if this so-called scientist actually did invent a so-called device using so-called mathematics to see so-called multi-dimensional so-called beings so call me up and let me know because i'd love to see it <laughs> I mean, I'm imagining like at best the technology does work and it's something really that like is so groundbreaking that, you know, capital capital S science is like, oh, no, 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 you can't talk about this. But then on the other hand, it could just be a guy dropping acid using a TI-85 graphing calculator, you know? Yeah, no. Literally using that. I mean, it would be sick. It would be sick if true. And like, I'm open to like an article that talks more deeply about a potential device that can do this. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm um, curious because I don't have the images here. We're recording remotely this week, so I don't have these images here in front of me and my studio. The images that he posted that he allegedly captured in between dimensions. Do the beings look anything like the elf that the Mexican president posted the photo of? on his social media this past week did you see that N no what was that he posted a photo of this creature up in a tree that he alleges is from like, like native folklore from the area who the mexican president yeah lopez obrador from like the area in and around mexico city it's this creature that like exists within local folklore that is an elf Okay, but it's this it it's this thing with like a roundish head oh, and glowing shit. eyes looking down at whoever's taking the photo that's at scary nighttime. yeah that's why i was like are these photos anything like that whoa isn't that wild big if true is that your big if true because if so no my <laughs> my big if true so i'll i'll set it up this way my big if true was first published in a research paper that has been accepted and is currently awaiting peer review before publishing. So you can read this paper on the preprint server, but to the day, it has not yet been peer reviewed. So the claims that are being made within it could still be proven either untrue, incomplete, misleading, da da da, you know, like to, to that kind of end. Got it. This paper comes to us, it was published by Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, and it was written by Yu and Nishimoto Tagaki. And okay, wait, Cold Spring Harbor? is on Long Island and we used to go to that laboratory on a field trip every like I don't know a couple years what would you they do had, like, this on whole... a field trip to Cold Spring Harbor it was sick they had this whole like DNA laboratory uh-huh and uh they would always tell the story of Anastasia and about like basically all of the women and like hacks and quacks uh -huh. who came forward claiming to be Anastasia after the, the fall know, of the Romanovs. Romanov, yeah. And that it was DNA technology that um, allowed them to test whether it was true because they oh. knew that the youngest son of the Romanovs had hemophilia. 
mm-hmm. which meant it was a recessive gene. So that anyone who actually was related directly to the Romanovs and, and to the brother would at least show the recessive gene for hemophilia. Right. Oh, got it. Yeah, wow. Isn't that cool? And we would all like test our own DNA or whatever, and they would show us like, DNA was pretty sick, sick unit. So you're telling me that on public school field trips, they would take you to laboratories and give away the student's DNA? Maybe that part didn't happen. Hmm. Well, anyway... Big of true. Big of true. But so this comes to us from Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, and this is currently awaiting peer review, and it deals with AI. You know I'd love to talk about AI. I mean, just three, four weeks ago, as of this recording, there was that whole thing in the New York Times about ChatGPT sort of unlocking goblin mode and Sydney telling the reporter from the Times that it loved him and that he wasn't happy in his marriage and he should divorce his wife and be with ChatGPT, who was going by not the name ChatGPT, but it named itself. It just like really crazy stories. That, Love. that kind of started the conversation like, okay, is... AI getting to a point where it is either approaching or has acquired sentience, right? Because if a code hasn't been coded to behave in this way and it just starts behaving in this way, then we have to seriously look at that and go, okay, what's going on here? So this preprint story coming, you know, kind of building off the chat GPT craze a few weeks ago, it's called Stable Diffusion with Brain Activity, High Resolution Image Reconstruction with Latent Diffusion fusion models from human brain activity. I'll post all these images onto our Twitter so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about, but it basically boils down to, and here's where I'm going to say, I think if we haven't approached it already, we might have already crossed the threshold of AI sentience. Okay. And here's, I'll be the judge. Here's why. <laughs> Scientists putting together this research paper basically took test subjects, human test subjects, and hooked them up to MRI machines, which is magnetic resonance. So you can use an MRI, look at what's happening inside, you know, places that we wouldn't be able to see with our eyes and then take away data from that that's used in obviously a medical setting what they did here was they hooked all of their human test subjects up to magnetic resonance imaging and they showed them an image so we're just going to put you in their shoes you're hooked up to the machine and i'm showing you an image of a teddy bear also hooked up to this person's brain is an ai stable diffusion capable engine we'll say that is just looking at the actual brain activity that is taking place when the person sees the image oh shit the ai in six out of six presented images there were tons more but they chose the ones that they thought were the most compelling to put forward on the abstract page of this paper that's awaiting review it read the brain activity of the people and then used stable diffusion which is like if you go on chat gpt or like mid journey or any of these like image generating ais and say give me an image of da 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 in this style blah 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 and it gives you a really nice rendering it read these people's brain activity and produced a nearly identical copy of the photo they were being shown without seeing the photo effectively just by seeing reading their minds what so just by seeing the mri the brain activity from the mri the, the brain activity it was able to then encode from using 
what's called stable diffusion, which is the act of generating this image and reconstruct with like a high level of accuracy, a version of the image that they were being shown in the first place. What the fuck? Isn't that scary? This kind of goes back to the whole information as matter thing. And yeah. Like the information encoded in the universe like just like you know that you don't actually need to see the picture of the teddy bear Mm -hmm. to know that it's a picture of a teddy bear yeah okay so wow so my big if true is that it is obviously still awaiting other people to take a look at this data and comb through and see if like there are any major red flags or gaps that the people preparing this paper maybe missed or didn't know about that kind of thing but it looks like ai has maybe reached a point of sentience that humans don't even grasp in that it can effectively read minds holy shit which is big Big. if true wow brett that's a good one Mm -hmm. so if you want to read the paper we're gonna like that we'll paste the link to this on our twitter and across our social medias it's wild it gives you everything about how they went about performing the procedures to physically how they designed the test it gives you schematics of sort of like physically what it looks like as this ai is basically taking an image and from pure noise distilling down to the image that the people were seeing with their eyes i mean it's just it's just fascinating that is so insane okay i have to look at that wow and that concludes our segment i mean big if true really big in the words of my mom who sent me something about ai and like you know singularity this week she was like disturbing very (laughs) disturbing yeah i guess it is disturbing because i mean or i don't know Ultimately, once things that we create start being able to do things that we're not able to do innately, that's when it becomes our master. uncanny valley <laughs> and who's owning who at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe that Bing, it's all marketing and like what better marketing the Bing GPT. Than yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like that to me was on purpose and brilliant on the marketing team. You know, never underestimate PR people you know or add people they know what they're doing yeah yeah exactly like like they know we're just a bunch of fucking numpties and sheep who think oh my god this is real you know can you believe it it's like no no it was definitely programmed that way and the shock you know maybe some people don't know but like the people who really don't know are the public and it's a brilliant marketing scheme i mean what better way to direct people to bang a search engine that nobody uses mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked yeah this one i mean in, i'm inclined to have like some level of like trust and faith in the one that i saw this week because i actually found it while looking through preprint submitted research papers so it wasn't no i you did the actual I, research. I didn't do like you know like most weeks i am just literally straight up reading clickbait where i'm like whoa this would be actually insane if it's true but like this looks like it could be true and how massive is it going to be when this potentially unlocks an entire new era of ai its advances how it fits into our lives what it can do for us what it might do to us i mean i'd be down to integrate my mind with like that type of ai you're looking for like a cybernetic upgrade kind of thing yeah exactly like like if i could just read people's minds i don't know but the world would be a scary i mean you think about it that's like the only place your mind palace is like the only place where you actually have true privacy privacy yeah i guess maybe i wouldn't do it also like what i really want part of like 
sanity and sanctity is actually not knowing what people are thinking. Because, like, that gets us into, like, minority report world, right? Where, like, crime starts getting prosecuted before it's happened because some AI is predicting that you might commit it. Like, it feels very wrong on that front. It's so crazy that simultaneously, I think, I don't know if it was, like, Iowa or someone, but they're, like, trying to, like, ban gay marriage again. And I'm just, like, and someone was, like, it's 2024. Well, and also they're trying to ban drag shows and it's like, really? Like people are actually- Are we living in the same- Dying from like toxic clouds that are burning from train derailments and you're trying to ban drag shows? It's so wild. Yeah. Anyways, life is crazy. So why don't we dissociate from it and read a little uh, entertainment- Read a little sci-fi. Honestly, that's the whole point of fantasy. Well, sci-fi and fantasy in the first place is to like give us something else to think about that we're Let's not actually in every day. About. Yeah. Well, and this week is it is so crazy. It is quite literally the moment I've been waiting for since we started this show. No, I finally understand what you mean by or meant by the whole first book is just exposition because mm-hmm. i was like oh Important. yeah actually a loving foundational loving exposition enough yeah. to make a podcast but wow let's go start two one booster ignition and liftoff of the space you're listening to radar peak a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels i'm Allie. I'm Brett, and this week please place your seats and trays in the upright position as we begin our descent into Panama. After carefully planning for months, the Battle Command Center is finally ready to cut off the head of the ETO with the activation of Operation Lujang. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting. All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor unit reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. This week's chapter, number 30, is called Operation Gujang. Don't worry, Wang. I'm not radioactive anymore. Dasha! (laughs) Cold open. Dasha is sitting at a meeting table with Wang, and he's all better. They cleaned him from the inside out of any radioactivity. I guess that's possible. Thank God. I was worried. I know. I was really imagining them, you know, just washing him. Anyways, (laughs) there's something like sickly kind of engrossing about radiation poisoning because it's just so it's so unnatural i mean it's natural it's like cosmic but it's like humanly unnatural it's like superhuman like it's it's corrosive to a degree and Mm -hmm. at a rate that is so foreign to us as far as we are familiar with like you know what material is capable of Mm mm-hmm You know, like, we understand, like, blunt force trauma. You know, we understand, like, you get a cut, you bleed. Things we can see. Yeah. And, like, think about how hard it is to just, like, you know, convince people to use sunblock. You know, it's like, because you can't really see it. Anyways, 
I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm on. I'm now an SPF convert. Oh, great. Because I started using a retinoid, so you can't fuck around anymore. Yeah. We also can't use a retinoid in the sun. Only at nighttime. No, no, I know. But like, it's just, it's. The day after it just makes you your mean. skin, yeah, yeah, so much more like photosensitive, yeah. as I understand. Okay. I don't want to take any risks. Anyways, not to get on a skincare tangent. Dush is alive. He's been cleansed, purified. I'm good. I'm so good. Uh, you know, he picks up his uh, a half smoked cigar from an ashtray and starts blowing huge smoke rings in the way that only. Officer Dasher can, and he's blowing them all the way across the table, all the way into the face of Colonel Stanton of the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh oh, new character alert! New character alert! Western world, West, uh, Western character alert. Uh, we've got yeah, Colonel Stanton, U.S. Marine Corps, and he is scowling essentially at. Dasha, Dasha, even after facing radiation poisoning, is still just as big of an asshole as before. And there's a bunch of other foreign military uh, officers, all uniformed. And this is the first time in world history that armed forces, all these different countries, are united in facing the same enemy. I mean, there's Russia, there's China, there's U.S., and a whole bunch of... Uh, it's like NATO on steroids. Yeah. Now, do you remember General Chang? Yes. So Dasha's he's boss. there. Dasha's boss. And he says, okie dokie. I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but that's how I'm saying. He's like, so we all have a basic understanding of the circumstances, or as you like to call it, information parody. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, that's such a wink at like, you know, fucking biochemistry like using the word parity which is meaning equal Mm -hmm. right like an equal distribution uh and a mirror image of whatever information on all sides everyone's got the same debriefing and here's what everyone in the room knows so as you all know our children won't be facing the trisolarians for another four and a half centuries that means for now our opponents are still human they are traitors these traitors have betrayed the human race. Oh, he's talking about the ETO. He's talking about the ETO. Oh, boy. And he's saying that is who our enemy is, as far as we are concerned. So the next objective is clear. Am I right, men? Intercept Judgment Day and capture the messages from Trisolaris. Ooh. That is imperative to our survival. Chang continues with some of the important points. Number one, Judgment Day has no idea that we're after them. Now, if you forgot... Judgment Day is the name of the second Red Coast base that that it's a ship that Evans basically fashioned a a radio transmission apparatus on an old oil tanker that he obviously got from his father. That's Judgment Day. Judgment Day has no idea that we're after them. It still traverses the Atlantic Ocean freely. And according to the Panama Canal Authority, it plans to pass through the Panama Canal in four days. If you don't know, the Panama Canal is a man-made shortcut waterway between the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. That I mean, engineering marvel that it happened. Killed 
so many people in, mm-hmm. in the, its construction as I, you know, I, I remember learning in school. But it really is one of like the most traversed waterways. It's so important to trade because otherwise basically ships had to go around the fucking tip of South America. Yeah, wow. Or through the Bering Strait between Russia Which and Alaska. Frozen like frozen part of the year. Very dangerous, very treacherous, very cold. So, yeah, they built this 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 waterway then it's the panama canal and you know you gotta let the and and it's also like switched hands a bunch of times i think at first it was french Mm -hmm. and it was maybe spanish then eventually american and then finally panamanian yeah i guess you got to call ahead of time and let them know you're coming especially if like you're a huge oil tanker yeah crazy right maritime stuff um well anyway they're gonna pass to the panama canal and battle command centers all over the globe are drafting plans as to how we will capture Judgment Day and secure those Trisolarian messages. We will have the next 10 hours to discuss possible proposals and send them over to Central. That's fast. That's not a lot of time. The plan has to guarantee one thing and one thing only. The successful retrieval of the Trisolarian messages. Now, we're not certain where on Judgment Day the information, these messages, is stored. You know, it's been refashioned. There's, like, all these rooms. It's, like, a fucking maze, apparently. Like, even people on the ship itself, like, have to fucking walk around with a map. It is so maze-like. And we don't know how many copies of the messages there are. So the only way to get this is to completely capture and control Judgment Day. The greatest challenge will be preventing the enemy from erasing the Trisolarian data during the attack. That would be very easy. It would only take them 10 seconds at most for them to empty the cartridge clip at the server hard drive. So we have to disable the enemies near the storage equipment within 10 seconds of them detecting the attack. Anything else? (laughs) Literally. Yeah, one more thing. We can't damage any of the equipment. Oh, my God. It feels like a job for either, like, Liam Neeson or Tom Cruise. Truly. Yeah. Who Pick your fighter. Mission Impossible ETO. Literally. But, so, yeah, since we don't know the precise location of the data, we don't know where the data storage centers are. We don't know how many copies there are. Basically, what we have to do is eliminate everyone in a very short amount of time while also not damaging a single piece of equipment or at least, you know, not... Like within reason. Yeah, not not, not, no fatal damage. It's a very hard task and some would say impossible, but that's why I've gathered you all here, you intelligence agents of the world. Jeez. So now the various military officers start spitballing their ideas. You know, do we have any spies on Judgment Day? No. Someone suggests using a ball lightning weapon, which we have heard about in the past, and we know that ball lightning is a prequel to the three-body problem. Mm -hmm. But ball lightning won't work because Ding Yi actually says the existence of this weapon is now public knowledge. They would know exactly what it is. We also don't know if it's been, if the ship has been equipped with magnetic walls, um, which could shield against so ball it's not light, reliable. Ball lightning. 
Yeah. And even if it even if they can get it in and it can kill all personnel within the ship, it can't do so simultaneously. Right. So, uh, you know, they wouldn't be able to stop Somebody the could still delete all the files, yeah. Exactly. Colonel Stanton says, "Okay, what about a neutron bomb?" But again, that would not kill everyone right away after a neutron bomb attack. They would have more than enough time to erase the data. Concussion bomb says someone and you know yes those stun people into unconsciousness but it's only good enough for about a room or two there's no concussion bomb big enough for a whole tanker full of people and it would damage the equipment how about infrasonic weapon we're gonna give them Havana syndrome yeah literally they go it's experimental and it's not used in live combat at most it would make people feel dizzy and nauseous yeah Dasha is like okay so we're just talking bullshit here got it lights a cigarette or you know his cigar he's like I didn't realize I uh, I was sitting next to a whole bunch of idiots, you know, and like everyone's like, okay, big shot. Who the fuck are you? Uh-huh. Like, what what intelligence agency do you hail from? Yeah, and obviously he doesn't hail from any intelligence agency. He's but a modest police officer. Mm-hmm. But uh, Colonel Stanton is like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Dasha is like, who do you think you are? And Colonel Stanton, you know, he's an expert in special ops. He's been part of every major military operation since Vietnam. Oh, wow. And then Dasha says, let me fill you in on my resume. General Chang has heard enough. He's like, that's enough, damn it. Don't bring up these petty, egoistic matters. If you have a plan, say it. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. I mean, kind of agree. And yeah, and Colonel Stanton is like, totally agree. I mean, oh, I don't even know why we have this policeman in the room. Like, shouldn't he be off issuing parking citations somewhere? Mm-hmm. Without waiting for any translation, Dasha jumps up. Because he kind of understands, like, what... He, he's being insulted tone conveys um, a lot yeah and he's like what you look down on the police you know if you're talking about dropping bombs and you know exploding that ship yeah you you military guys you're the experts but if you're talking about retrieving something that you don't want damaged i don't care how many stars or badges or girl scout cookies you've sold Ooh. you're not even a good petty thief for this kind of thing you gotta think outside the box. And then obviously cue number outside the box. Mm-hmm. Out of the box. And he's a little box step. And he jumps up on the table and everyone's got tap shoes on. Those jazz hands. And they're singing out of the box. We gotta think out of the box. So what's your idea then? I'll tell ya. Here's what we're gonna do. You know what I learned from 30 years of chasing criminals and thieves? They think outside the box. I once saw a band of thieves disconnect a cable car from a train and put it back together, and the train got to its destination all without even noticing they had lost their precious cargo. I've learned a lot of things from playing cat and mouse with these criminal masterminds, and I've received the best training from all of them. (coughs) He takes another puff from his cigar. Brett is gripped. (laughs) All right, well, tell us your plan then, big shot. Otherwise, shut up. Of course, Dash is still milking this. (laughs) He's like, like, oh, there's so many important people here. I didn't realize I I had a place to insert my expertise. I mean, you'd say I'd be, I was... I didn't want to be called rude again. It's like, oh my God. By this mm-hmm. point, I myself would be like, say it or shut the fuck up and leave. Yeah. Chang is like, enough. 
tell us what your out-of-the-box plan is or leave. And so Dashu picks up a pen and a piece of paper. He draws two parallel curves on the table. That's the canal, he says. Okay. Then he takes like the ashtray and pretends that's Judgment Day, and he puts that between the two lines. And then he reaches across the table. He takes a cigar out of Colonel Stanton's mouth. Oh. That is theater, baby. The colonel is obviously so pissed and disrespective. General Chang is like, Dasha, you gotta leave. This is... This is out of control. And Dasha's is like, one minute, I'll be done soon. Here's my proposal. But I'll need one more cigar. And everyone's like rolling their eyes like, oh my God, this guy's really just making us all look like idiots. But he's like, no, 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 one more cigar. So General Santon gives Dasha one more cigar. And he, st- he presses it down so it stands upright. And he basically says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up two pillars on the shores of the canal. And then between those pillars, we're going to string many parallel filaments that are so thin, you can't even see them. They're going to be made from a very special nanomaterial that Professor Wang has developed. Finally. Yeah, I know. You guys remember back when uh, Professor Wang actually went to work and was developing that nanomaterial that could cut a car clean in half? remember i mean i never forgot that was quite the image nuts so that wasn't just like a little finally irrelevant it wasn't for nothing yeah he says we're gonna space these about a half meter apart and that's it we're gonna slice that boat in half or at least into we're gonna shred it into pieces oh my god (laughs) using nanotechnology using these microfilaments, something that Professor Wayne calls flying blade. Also, what a sick name. Yeah. Dasha is like, well, that's it. Everyone's stunned silent. And after a while, someone quietly says, Professor Wang, is flying blade really in the form of filaments? Wang nods. He's, He's like, yeah, you know, given our current techniques, the only form we can make is a filament, actually. The thickness is about one one hundredth of a human hair. Ooh. And they're like, do you have enough material for this? He says, how wide is the canal? How tall is the ship? They say, you know, narrowest point is 150 meters wide. Judgment Day is 31 meters tall. They do the whole fucking, you know, song and dance, the measurements. Okay, sounds good. He says, I think I should have enough. There's another long silence. Everyone's still processing. Wait a second, someone says. What if the equipment storing the trisolarian messages also gets sliced? Oh, right. Right? Great point. But then a computer expert in the room says, even if they were sliced, it wouldn't be a big deal. The filaments are extremely sharp, so the way that it would be cut, it would be very smooth. And given that, whether it's a hard drive or an optical disk or a circuit, we could recover the vast majority of data, no problem. Oh, great. Great. Chang looks around. He says, anyone have a better idea? No? All right. Well. Then let's uh let's start ironing out these details. Go figure Dasha comes up with the plan that like is actually the one that makes the most sense. So then there's a lot of discussion about like the particulars of like how it's all gonna go down. I don't really feel like they're that important. Yeah. But basically they decide that like they need to do it at the narrowest point at the Panama Canal. They also decide that they need to do it during the day because if it's at night, then the crew will be lying down. They'll be sleeping. It's uh, very possible that they won't successfully eliminate all enemies. Whoa, got it. So it's got to be during the day. You know, even if they're sitting or crouching, the distance will still be sufficient. Oof. There are still a few hesitations. You know, one 
Wang asks, you know, will innocent bystanders be hurt? His voice shaking. A naval officer says, when the ship goes through, more than a dozen cable workers will come on board, but they'll all get off after the ship passes. The Panama Canal pilot will have to accompany the ship for an entire 82 kilometers, so the pilot will have to be sacrificed, yes. Oof. Because I guess apparently, like, to go through the Panama Canal, you have to have... You're supervised. Supervisors, yeah. A CIA officer says, you know, and some of the crew aboard Judgment Day probably don't even know the real purpose of the ship. So you could consider them innocent bystanders as well. General Chang says, Professor, don't worry yourself with such thoughts. The information that we need has to do with the very survival of humanity. Someone else will make the call. The meeting ends. Colonel Stanton pushes the cigar box in front of Dashi and says, Captain, the best Havana has to offer. They're yours. days after this meeting takes place, Wang finds himself on a flight down to Panama. Front row seat. Front row seat, baby. Business class. He arrives to the Panama Canal and he meets Colonel Stanton and he's pretty taken aback by just the sheer size of the construction happening on site. Because, I mean, this oil tanker is not a tiny boat. It's not the biggest boat that can fit through the Panama Canal, but, like, it's pretty close so it's gonna have to be a pretty big construction effort to set this trap for when the ETO arrives. Wang and Colonel Stanton basically post up in these chairs that are sitting on one of the banks. And I just kind of imagine the sight, like both of them wearing Panama hats, sunglasses, like zinc oxide over their noses so they don't get a little sunburn. And they're just like smoking cigars and passing the time and ultimately just waiting for the moment where it's like, okay, systems are go, let's do this thing. At this point, the narrator gives us a little peek into the infrastructure that they've put in place to pull off this whole Operation. Down on the shores, very much like how Dasha sketched it out initially, there are these 24 meter tall steel pillars that are laying flat on the shore. Each pillar supports this sort of like string, I'm imagining almost like, like a guitar or something, of these nanofilaments. And at the moment, everything is slack so that all of the other traffic of the Panama Canal can pass through no problem. Because they obviously are not trying to like slice and dice people that they're not out for. That'd be a mess. The narrator also tells us something that I wasn't aware of because I I don't speak Mandarin and I it's just a culture different from mine and I thought it was helpful context that I appreciated a whole lot. The operation is given its code name basically because the design that Dasha comes up with, this like steel bar with strings going through, I immediately saw a guitar. Not dissimilarly, it looks like a giant version of the Chinese instrument called zither. Do you know about a zither? Mm, yeah is it like the thing with the one string no it's many many strings i i like kind of had an idea just knowing that like that's how they've talked about this trap i looked it up and i've watched a ton of videos the music it makes is stunning it most closely reminds me to like a dulcimer except in in like western music the dulcimer is played with little you know wooden hammers but like effectively a zither looks a lot like it it's just played with your hands it's like a guitar with no neck or or like like a table harp or something totally so if you've never heard a zither a zither sounds like this
So now, back on the banks of the Panama Canal, Wang and Stanton are basically talking about everything and nothing. They're just killing time, basically. And they look down and they can see the traffic, normal traffic, going through the Panama Canal. And they spot a French cruise ship that's making its way through. Bonjour! Excuse me. Bonjour, Panama. They see people Panama. walking around like on the deck, just like having drinks, living their life. And Stanton's walkie-talkie receives a message. Second operation post here. No more ships remain in front of the target. Over. <gasps> it's go time, boys. Message received. Stanton gives the order to raise the zither. And out of nowhere, I mean, like you said, it's a broad daylight operation. And Wang is kind of shocked and awed by all this thing. Sorry not to quote George Bush, Operation Shock and Awe. But he's kind of amazed because out of seemingly nowhere, all of these men appear down on the banks of the canal and they start tightening the winches that would raise the steel beams, putting the trap in place. And Wang's like, where were these people hiding? It's crazy to him. His nanofilaments are so tiny, they would be invisible to the naked eye, but the team really thought this thing through as far as the design of it. And for safety, they decorated these steel beams with water depth markings and with other signs that you would expect to normally see as you're coming through the Panama Canal so that basically if the ETO had been here before or not, it didn't really matter, they had disguised these things in a way that there's no way they're going to draw attention to themselves. So they really have laid what appears to be the perfect trap to chop off the head of the ETO as soon as it arrives. The walkie-talkie chirps. Target is two kilometers away. At this point, the sun is setting, the canal is sparkling during golden hour, and Stanton's like, Wang, I've seen so many wars. One of them right here in Panama. Can I tell you something? Ever since I learned about the fleet that's on its way to Earth, it's like I have amnesia. I was there at every war, every incursion, every major battle, and I can't remember any details about any of it. They all seem so insignificant now. It's like as soon as someone learns the truth about this fleet that's coming, it's like everyone becomes a new person and they see the world in this entirely new way that they weren't able to before. The walkie-talkie chirps. Target is one and a half kilometers away. Stanton's like, Wang... I think you're our generation's Gaillard. And if you don't know, Gaillard is the guy who is responsible for ultimately designing the concept of the Panama Canal in the first place. So he's credited as like this engineering titan that made modern shipping and global transport possible, right? So Stanton is like, Wang, I think you're our generation's version of this guy, Gaillard, who built the Panama Canal in the first place. We're all waiting for your version of a canal to be built because for real, for real, your space elevator is... Is what that will be for humanity. It is our next Panama Canal. Mm. It's just as big of a deal because you're going to be the man who connected Earth with space. And Wang knows the colonel is just trying to like help him not feel so anxious, but it's not really working. And the walkie-talkie chirps again. Target is one kilometer away from the zither. And there, in the light of the sunset appearing before them was Judgment Day. Abnormally large, Wang describes it as almost like a mountain had appeared and was suddenly gliding through the canal, right? Like, I mentioned it already. Wang knows the Panama Canal is capable of accommodating ships that are even bigger than Judgment Day, but still, just the size of this ship has almost made it seem like all of the water in the canal has disappeared. It is just titanic in its proportions. As Judgment Day inches 
closer and closer to the zither that stretched tightly across the canal. Wang's heart is nearly beating out of his chest. His blood pressure is rising and his breathing is getting quicker by the second. I mean, also, how many times have we seen Wang, like, literally on the doorstep of a panic attack so far? Like, I've lost count. I know, I know. He's been, he's been, his blood pressure has been through the roof since chapter two. He should take an aspirin. (laughs) Yeah, he's not well. At this point, his... But it's really getting real. Yeah. He's not playing uh, three-body anymore. He's not in the fucking V-suit. He's at the fucking Panama Canal. We're in the real world, baby. They are at the gate. Wang's gut reaction is to run away from the situation, but there's something that he feels like is gluing him here because he's like, I have to see if this works. I don't want to be here, but like, fuck, I would rather be anywhere else on Earth right now. While he's thinking this, he's also really thinking like, God damn it, I hate Dasha. Why did this idiot have to come up with this idea anyway? It's like the UN official said, he is a demon. You know, because I guess at one point during the meeting, they described him as being a demon, which I was like, whoa, that's rude. Right. Obviously, this whole time, the whole Dasha, Wang Miao bromance... I'm going to start calling them Dom Yao. I should have like way before now. Yeah, you're so right. It would have saved us a lot of breath. It's been very love-hate, you know, because like Wang's obviously benefited from being followed by Dasha this whole time, but he's also like generally annoyed that he's around. And as soon as Wang thinks, I fucking hate this guy, that feeling passes. And he's like, you know what, though? I wish he were here with me instead of Colonel Stanton, because if Dasha were here with me right now, I bet I would feel a hell of a lot better about all this he just knows how to like keep me calm and keep me grounded yeah why isn't dasha there he's not needed well apparently dasha was actually invited but his boss general chang wouldn't let him come (laughs) so he just like had to stay home and it's like his idea damn and now directly below them in the canal judgment day slid its way through the tightly stretched zither. As the front of the ship slid through the space where Wang knew the microfilaments were stretched, his heart skipped a beat. Nothing appeared to happen to the ship. Instead, it just kept moving through the space between the steel bars set along the shoreline. By the time half the ship had passed through the deadly trap, Wang's starting to think like, okay, fuck, something is really wrong down there. This is not how this should be happening. But then soon after, Wang noticed that at the top of this superstructure because remember on the ship they have like the big parabolic antenna they have like all this scientific equipment at the very top wang notices an antenna broke ever so slightly at its base and started tumbling downward to the ship's deck not long after wang noticed something else that very nearly moved him to tears fully restoring his faith in his own nanomaterial The deck of the ship at this point was empty, aside from one guy who's holding a hose and he's like rinsing down all the decks and everything, keeping it clean. Swabbing the poop deck. When he passed through the zither, the hose that he's holding seemed to magically spring a leak in various places, shooting water from itself in places where it hadn't been spraying water just seconds before. Wang could see the man on the deck and his hands immediately dropped the hose. His body stiffened as if he'd become frozen and a few seconds later, he fell forward. And when his body hit the deck, he came apart in two perfectly sliced pieces. Wang could see this man's top half 
pulling its way through a growing pool of blood on the deck, and he noticed he was doing this with stubs for arms because his hands had been surgically severed by the zither. Oh my god. Without losing a single knot of speed, Judgment Day continued to sail through the zither, and by the time the stern reached the trap, Wang heard the sound of the engines change. Everything went from sounding big and normal to sounding big and like very chaotic, just grinding, metallic, almost like you threw a box of wrenches into a dryer or something. By the rattling sound of it all, Wang knew that the nanomaterial had finally made its way through the rotating parts of the engine, leaving the ship's internal mechanisms in pure turmoil. A giant metallic sound rang out through the canal, and on the side of Judgment Day facing Wang, a hole appeared made by one of the ship's internal components that stabbed its way through to the outside. From this hole, smoke poured. And Judgment Day began to make an unscheduled turn. Moments later, the ship had crossed from one side of the canal to the other and crashed into the opposite shore. Nearly as soon as the ship made impact with the left bank of the canal, Wang could see Judgment Day taking its final bow, coming apart into more than 40 pieces, each slice about half a meter thick. Come on, nanomaterial! Oh my god, just imagining this shredded barge in... A 40-piece oil tanker, like a layer cake. A layer cake, slipping... Like, each slice just, like... Like a deck of cards dropped and shuffling out onto a table. Exactly. Stunning. Stunning work of defense. Wang said that the noise of the pieces sliding away from each other was like a god-sized set of fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh, I heard that. I felt that when he said that. I was like, oh my God. Sorry to our ASMR friends. Yeah. Now, down on the banks of the canal, Judgment Day is spilling oil, which I thought, oh God, that's ironic considering. Ironic. (laughs) Yeah, like considering Evans. Evans was so fucked up about his first oil spill scenario. And there's fires breaking out all over the ship in various places. Out of nowhere, I mean, keep in mind, Wang's already astounded at the number of people that showed up to set the trap in the first place. But now all of these special ops soldiers appear, followed by military helicopters and tactical units to get the fires under control. And from the helicopters, searchers began to rappel down to the wreckage because, like, They're looking for these messages. At this point, Wang is now by himself on the shore above all of this that's unfolding. Stanton has seen enough and he's left Wang to say as long as he wants. Wang picks up a pair of binoculars that Stanton left behind and he's watching all of this unfold. And by this point, the fires on the ship are out. Nearly all of Judgment Day has been covered in flame retardant foam and Wang sees the result of his handiwork. Every single cut that was performed by this nanomaterial left a perfect mirror finish on the edge of all the exposed metal. Like it is so tiny and so goddamn sharp it looks like it's been fucking polished. Whoa. He looks even closer and sees that a lot of the ship's pieces are stained red. He's not sure that it's blood but he knows that it's not not blood. You know what I mean? And now we switch gears a little bit, because now with Operation Gojeng 
effectively, I think, question mark, being carried out without a hitch. Three days after the destruction of the ETO ship Judgment Day, we find ourselves back in personally my favorite setting. Sarcasm. In the interrogation room with our favorite counter-revolutionary grandma, Ye Wenji. Interrogator's like, Yay! Yay, do you understand Trisolarian civilization? She's like, no. Have you not been listening to me this entire time? They sent us very limited information, and the only person with real knowledge of the ins and outs of how their society works is Mike Evans, because he's a little snake who was sending and receiving messages in secret with the other Adventists. I've told you this. The interrogator's like, okay then, tell me, why do you have such hope that the Trisolarians showing up will be able to help humanity in the first place? Seems like hope is all you have since you don't have any concrete information to go on. And Ye's like, well, thinking about it logically, if they can cross stellar distances, that means their science is far more advanced than anything humans have ever dreamed of. One could also assume that if a society has advanced science and technology, that they also must have an advanced sense of morality. Hmm, okay, maybe. Well, the interrogator. That's a good point. Yeah, but the interrogator's like, well, that certainly is a conclusion. Do you think it's a scientific one? Right. And Ye stays silent. Dumb. Literally, you know, like, literally, it's like, it looks like Ye's typing something and then she stops typing. She's like, mm, I don't have an answer for that. I never thought about that. The interrogator's like, you should know because you're going to find out eventually anyway. We have all the Trisolarance messages that the Adventists intercepted. Like, might we interest you in those? Uh she gagged and surprised Ye's like she's like what how what happened to Evans the interrogator's like he died during an operation to capture the ship Judgment Day oh yeah when our men found him the way his body was positioned led them to the computer that housed the backup copies of the messages because he was sliced in half and like crawling toward it or and something. like maybe he saw what was happening and tried to like get to the hard drive before and like you know yo what I oh my god to see this scene play out on the fucking oh i can't wait big screen i can't wait the interrogator says fortunately for us mike evans had encrypted every message with the same security code like he effectively said the password is password you know password. what i mean <laughs> and yay's like well how much data was there was it a lot 28 gigabytes all right about the size of a computer program <laughs> And Ye's like, that's impossible. Interstellar communication is fucking inefficient. Like, how could that much data have possibly been transmitted? And the interrogator answers her. He's like, we thought about that too. We were actually pretty puzzled by it. But as we looked into it, we learned that things weren't as we thought. Not even in our wildest imaginations could we have dreamed up what was actually happening. Then at this point, the interrogator slides over a stack of papers over to Ye and he's like, read this section of the preliminary analysis of all the data we analyzed so you can see for yourself the reality of Trisolaran civilization compared to these fantasies you have about them. Oh, and that's where the chapter ends. Oh, no. When this chapter ended, I was like, holy shit i was like i need to keep reading but i was like no ellie pause the biggest tease i'm bugging like how i'm like i don't my predictions right now because i genuinely don't know mm -hmm. i know that the next chapter is called trisolaris the listener yep and i don't know what that means but i am so hyped about like i'm like 
I'm like scared. Like my stomach is like I was I was rooting for Trisolaris and like I was really kind of like subscribing to the sort of hopes and fantasies that Ye Wen G had. But now I'm like, oh no, like is the reality of the Trisolaran civilization that like they are as debased as humanity. Right. And is Ye Wen G gonna actually kind of like switch sides? Like I I don't I want them to be saviors, you know. And there's but. not much runway left. I mean, like this story is almost over yeah we only have i mean i told you i told you it's pedal to the floor from here to the end we only have four chapters left i know we're we are rapidly approaching our season finale we are rapidly approaching earth i would say let's start decelerating but that's not an option we're gonna miss earth if we don't start decelerating shoot right by it oh well brett same time next week same Trisolarian time, same Trisolarian channel. What happens on Trisolaris? Might come to Earth. That's right. <laughs> Viva Trisolaris. Viva Trisolaris. Viva. Viva Trisolaris. We should make some like Vegas apparel, mm-hmm. but it says. You know, Trisolaris. It's all Trisolaris related shit. That's that's a good design crossover. Yeah, I like that. Well, anything else before we go? Not that I can think of. All right, well you heard it here first. I'm Brett. I'm Allie. And I'm done saying words. I'm gonna go to bed. Good night. You've been listening to Radar Peak, a three body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for exclusive content we might not have time for, subscribe to our Patreon. One last thing before you go. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review and tell your friends about us. Join in on the conversation when you follow us on Twitter at RadarPeakPod. See you there.